Welcome into another edition of Mile High Magazine, and I am Murphy Houston. Hope your weekend is going well. Today we have our friends from the Denver Dumb Friends League, or the Dumb Friends League as we call it now, and Maya Brousseau, the public relations manager. How long have I known you, Maya? Forever? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a, been a long time. But I so love, and you know how passionate I am about what you're doing at the Dumb Friends League, and April Steele, who now runs it, and you've been there for a long time, and we have a lot of friends, and we love the animals, and we love what you've done to the Quebec Street Shelter. You guys are doing a good job. But I thought it interesting, because we were just mentioning before we started talking here that 10,000 people, what, a year move here to Denver and may not know anything about the Dumb Friends League. So right. why don't we start with that? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, how it started and what it's all about. Sure. So, you know, people hear Dumb Friends League, and at first, their first thought, oh, always our number one question is, why do you call yourselves the Dumb Friends League? That's very true. So, you know, we do not think that animals are not intelligent at all. Our organization was started in 1910, and back then, the word dumb was mostly used to, to refer to people who lack the power of speech. So there was an organization at that time back in uh, London, England, that was called Our Dumb Friends League. And the people who started the Dumb Friends League here in Denver were aware of that organization. And so they went with that same name and just called us, at that time, the Denver Dumb Friends League. And... It's because we as an organization speak for animals, those who cannot speak for themselves, which when you hear that definition of it, it's actually really quite beautiful. Yeah, it, it really is. But you do. I get those. When I talk about how I feel passionate about the dumb friends, why do they, why do they call it dumb? Well, you're right. Mm-hmm. 80 years ago or 90 years ago, that's the way it was. Exactly. Everybody wants to be politically correct now, but the animals don't seem to mind. So. No. We, you know, and we've been here in this community in Colorado since 1910 was when our organization was started. So we've been having an impact on the lives of homeless pets in Colorado since for more than 100 years now, which is really incredible. And it's something that we're only able to do because of the support we get from our community. We are Absolutely. We're an independent nonprofit. We are not supported by any like state or government agencies or anything. So No grant. You're just raising the money. We are raising raising money yeah. and um, we get help from we do get help from grants from uh, things that we apply for but it is community support that really is what drives our organization and it's amazing because you know I've been involved with a lot of your projects it's amazing the support you have for the dumb friends like and the growth I mean when I came here in 86 all you had was the Quebec Street shelter right and now talk more about what you have so we are have well our Quebec Street shelter is now known as the Leslie a Malone Center when we re uh, we did a big renovation and expansion of that area and this past summer we opened up a new dog adoptions area and we expanded from approximately 85,000 square feet to about 110,000 square feet so we are large at that shelter we there we provide adoptions we provide uh you know lost and found services we do pet intake we have transfer services for pets that are coming from other communities in colorado and outside of colorado so that's uh the leslie a malone center formerly known as the Quebec Street I got to get in the habit of saying that. I know. Because that just happened. It did. <laughs> it just happened. It's just been a few months, so it's totally okay. Uh, then we also have our Buddy Center, which is in Castle Rock. Right. Buddy Center is in, so it's a it's for Douglas County, and it's actually right by the outlets of Castle Rock. It's really easy to find if you're looking for a pet in that area. We have adoption services there as well, sure. lost and found services, and also pet intake available there. Um, it's a great you know, it's a great smaller version of our of our main shelter. It's and nice, though. It's it's beautiful. It's great, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, we are able to care for lots and lots of pets there. And then we also have our Harmony Equine Center, which is in Franktown. It's which breathtaking. Is, 
It, it, it is such a unique facility. It looks like the Ponderosa. If you remember that TV show, <laughs> Bonanza, you walk around and go, wow, look at this place. It's wonderful. It's 168 acres, originally designed for animal for horses and other equines who um, came to us through law enforcement cases. So that's how we started. We also now work with other rescues in the region and bring in animals that need training, rehabilitation, and adoptions. And then we also do some owner surrender there as well. So if people can no longer care for their horses, we will work with them and take their horses in. So we have a we we cared for last year more than twenty one thousand homeless pets and horses, and um, it's just so humbling to be able to make such a huge impact on so many animals' lives and saving so many animals' lives. That's right. It's incredible. I think the first I think I was down there for the grand opening of the equine center. It looked like he had ten horses. Now, we are just down there for Lulu's Barbecue, which is a big fundraiser you do every year. I think there was 300 horses. Oh, yeah. And I've... last year we had a lot of uh, large intakes of horses where um, people, you know, it was a rough winter and horses were having a, a hard time in certain areas. And so we brought in a lot of horses last year. So, yeah, we had at that time when, when you were there, there were a lot of horses. We've adopted out several of them since then. Good, but good. But, yeah, we... I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but we usually have like somewhere between like 80 to 100 horses available for adoption. I could be wrong on that number right now, so don't quote me on it. But there are wonderful horses. And what we do there is we, we're we not a sanctuary for the horses. Right, we right. Our goal is to adopt the horses, just like we do with cats and dogs at our main shelters, right? So we... Uh, provide rehabilitation. So if we have a horse that comes in, it's a little skinny, needs um, some groceries, as our equine <laughs> director always says, we'll, we'll you know get them healthy and then we'll work on training them and, and fi- finding out what kind of horse they are. Are they a riding horse mm. or is it maybe a companion horse for another horse you already have because equines need to have companions. Sure. So, and then we work and adopt them. We work with adopters and, and help them find the perfect horse. you got some pretty top-notch wranglers. I guess you call them wranglers down there running <laughs> the equine center, which is near Franktown, by the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our trainers there are incredible. And it's really, really cool to see changes that they can make in these horses and other equines lives because the the training that this it's gentle training and the steps that they can make and the and the progress they can make is really really fascinating in fact we do a an kind of a it's a harmony horse expo is what we call it it's towards the end of may beginning of june and um at that expo, you have a chance to actually see firsthand how they train horses, and it is really fascinating. It's like an open house. Yes, because I've been to that event. Mm-hmm. You bring in food, and there's all kinds of stuff, and you you're, you leave going, "Holy cow!" They're not just taking in horses here and putting them in a stall, waiting for somebody to pick them up. It's a it's a full blown program. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into getting all of the animals that we care for available for adoption. Well, and it amazes me how many people in Colorado very close to the metro denver area or castle Rock, they have horses mm-hmm. i mean like in their backyard they have horses i guess that's colorado yeah the, yeah the way it is i mean we're, we're an old cowboy state right <laughs> yes, yeah, that's for sure so we talked about all the adoptions you do and the work with the pets but you offer a lot of other services that we talk about quite a bit in fact in the old telethon days when we were involved with the telethon the fundraiser 
I was amazed at what you guys do beyond just taking animals in and adopting animals out. Can right, we talk absolutely. About that? Yeah. yeah, so we're you know we're known for pet adoptions. That's right. the, that's right. that's kind of our bread and butter. That's how everybody knows who the Dumb Friends League is. But we do offer so many other services to the community. We have our solutions cat spay neuter clinic where we offer free cat spay neuter surgeries to any cat. So whether it's a cat that was trapped in your neighborhood and you're looking to do a little of a TNR like a trap neuter release, sure, sure. we will take care of that cat if you you know your cat wasn't spayed and you have a litter of kittens and you need to take care of everybody we can do that for you as well and so you can go to ddfl.org to actually go ahead and make an appointment for that we have our mobile units which are fabulous they also provide spay neuter services we have the meow mobile which is for cats (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that is free cat spay neuter services it goes to different communities and you can check out that schedule online as well and then we have our lulu mobile that uh, does services for both cats and dogs and they provide spay-neuter services for cats for free and then for dogs at a reduced fee. Man, also, though, but if there's one of the things I, I never knew you were doing, and I, after years of knowing the Dumb Friends League, was that if you have pets you think are being abused in your neighborhood, you can report that to the mm-hmm. Dumb Friends League, and you'll investigate that. Right. We have our our investigations team is, uh, it, basically, they're called the Colorado Humane Society. That's the name of the people who do investigations at our at our location. And sure. not only are we talking about something local, but that's where a lot of the horse investigations come from, is our Colorado Humane Society uh, officers. They will get reports and work with local sure. sheriff's offices. And what's really great is they provide a great resource to a lot of the sheriff's because a lot of them don't have experience working with equines or or knowing the difference between a horse that's underweight and a horse that is healthy. Good point. So they are a huge resource for them, and they'll work with them to be able to figure out, you know, do these animals need help or, or are these animals okay? Well, and also recently, and I'm just finding this information out when we did our little friendship circle thing for the fundraisers, you're teaming up with some vet-type hospitals. Is that correct? Well, actually, we have our Solutions Veterinary Hospital as well, which is a low-cost animal hospital specifically designed for people who would not otherwise be able to afford veterinary care. And, you know, there used to be sort of a stigma where people said, well, if you can't afford veterinary care, you shouldn't have a pet. That's really changed a lot because people now understand the importance of pets and and the positive things that pets can provide to us, whether it's helping our mental health, our physical health even. Your your blood pressure lowers when you are are spending time with a pet. So we have this specifically for that reason. And it's really wonderful because it gives people the opportunity to do what they want to do for their pets. So they have this – we offer – veterinary services across the board for those for those pets and again it's specifically for people who could not otherwise afford care for their pets so what we really ask for from the community is to help support that because it's something that we feel is very important for the community and again something we can't do without community support so people can donate monies to support that hospital and help with the pets absolutely can and you find that information out on the website that's right you can go to ddfl.org and everything i've spoken about can be found there and more and more yeah (laughs) And believe me. So let's talk about the, the, you you get the pets in, they come in. What's the adoption process? You don't just adopt them out right away. I know they're checked out and maybe some physical work needs to be done. One of the pets, our current dog was dropped off by a family who couldn't afford to have the hip fixed. The hip, you fixed the hip. Now he's living with us. And sometimes makes me feel better that family had to give up a dog they loved, but they couldn't afford the surgery. But they should know he's got a good home now. Right. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people think, 
that a pet gets dropped off, you know, whether they're lost or they're or it's a family that can no longer care for their pet and they just go up for adoption almost right away. And that that is not the case in many some some pets. Absolutely. Right. But that in for many pets, they do require additional care before they can become available for adoption. We have some animals that come to us that are fearful and they need some work in gaining confidence so that they can be a great family pet. So our behavior team will work with them prior to adoption. We also have some pets that need special medical care. You know, you'd be surprised how many animals come to us that have bad teeth. There, we do dental surgeries for these pets because they are actually in pain. Wow. And, um, yeah. So we are able to to be able to help with their suffering and make them feel better and get them ready for adoption. Obviously, we do spay neuters for any any pet that leaves our our one of our adoption facilities is spayed or neutered. So make sure you know we don't want to contribute to yeah no surprises pet there. overpopulation. Yeah, and also you know we'll get animals that have uh, been injured or or like your dog, and we can do soft tissue repairs. We can do orthopedic surgeries, and it's really really incredible the amount of care that can go into these pets before they are available for adoption. One other thing too. Foster care. You know, we have great right. foster parents that take care of these pets in their homes prior to adoption. That can be puppies and kittens that are too young that have to wait until they're old enough to be spayed or neutered. Sure, sure. Or it can be pets that are recovering from a surgery and need that special TLC inside a home or just a break from the shelter. Yeah, I don't know how you could be a foster. I, <laughs> that takes guts. I you get it. I'd be so attached, and all of a sudden you're. We've been with this pet, raised it, or helped it heal, or whatever, and all of a sudden, bye-bye. Yeah, you know, so we do have some what we call foster funky, or foster fun. I can't say the word, foster flunkies, (laughs) or foster failures, whatever you want to say. Uh, And, you know, it's understandable, because they put in so much time and care with some of these pets, and there's certain ones where they're like, I just can't let this one go. Um, but most foster parents will tell you that it is so rewarding to know that you were able to help in that pet's steps into finding a forever home. Well, that's a, that's the important stuff. I suppose there is some satisfaction seeing the pet you've cared for now going to a permanent home, and then you can bring another one in, probably. Exactly. If, if you want to, want to do that, you can. And that's just part. Another thing I like to talk about is, my goodness, you guys have so many and fantastic volunteers at the Dumb Friends League. I mean, how many do you have? So typically the number is somewhere around 1,400 volunteers that we have at the Dumb Friends League. And that's all of our facilities, of course. And um, they are incredible. Our volunteers are very, very committed to our mission, our mission to end pet homelessness and animal suffering. They help in a million different ways. They do everything from walking dogs and cleaning kennels to working in surgery recovery and helping animals as they're coming out of anesthesia. There are so many different opportunities for volunteers. One really cool statistic that always has impressed me since I started working for the Dumb Friends League is our volunteers, they are the equivalent. Those people that are donating their their time are the equivalent of 100 full-time paid employees. Is that right? Isn't that amazing? That's a whole business. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. It's incredible. But the love is there and the care is there. That's right. You know, when you walk into the Dumb Friends League, whatever location you go, people greet you. They meet you. How do you, what do you want? How can we help you? You're not just wandering around going, well, what do we do now? We're here. It's, you're taken care of. Right. And I like that part too. Especially when you see the, the, what they've done to the Leslie Malone the, the Leslie her, A. Malone I'll Center. I'll get it right. I'll get it right. It is. You took my wife and I on a tour down there when it was finished. 
I was dumbfounded. The quality of care to the point I, I have to talk about it. So I was so amazed because they have this, the little cubicles where all the pets are set, the dogs, anyhow, that I saw. And they have these glass doors where part of it is frosted and part of it is clear. And you explained to me the reason is if the dogs don't see each other, they're pretty calm. So at that level of their height, it's pretty calm. And the top part, we can look in and say, oh, that's a beautiful dog. Tell me about it. And when you walk in, in the old days, you'd hear barking and bark. Now you walk in, you don't hear any barking. Yeah. And is that because of those crazy doors? You yeah. Have? So, you know, these new are, are, if you haven't been to our Leslie A. Malone Center on Quebec Street, I really encourage people to come by and just take a look and maybe leave with a pet. That's fine, too. Um, but we have... The, the thought that has gone into these new dog adoption spaces is really, really, really incredible. They have soundproofing. So, you know, like you said, you don't hear dogs barking when you walk in, but also the dogs don't hear each other barking. And that's really important because that helps keep their stress right, levels lower. Is, yeah. And they're able to be more comfortable while they're in the shelter. There's natural light. That's a huge thing. So they can kind of be on natural uh, light cycles, and and they have access to natural light. There are speakers inside the pods so that they're able to, you know, if we have a dog that's specifically a little more stressed than another dog, we can play some calming music to kind of, you know, help help calm them as well. And there's these very cool tiles that have this, uh, that are like, that that are meant we spray down those kennels like every single day and they can take a beating they can take a dog's claws they can take you know you can't just paint a wall no, in an animal oh no. shelter oh no. so you have to have like all of this very specialized um stuff to be able to make it you know, dog proof but also dog friendly at the same time yeah. so you know i really recommend people come in and see it firsthand it's it's really oh it's, it's incredible very and how comfortable are the pets when we were there for the uh, friendship circle and we're walking there's this little guy. He's laying on his back and his feet are straight up in the air. He's just kind of looking, okay, what do you people want? I don't know. They love it. Yeah. Totally comfortable. Mm-hmm. Nobody is hyper. No dogs are jumping up and down like, what are, what are we doing? They seem totally relaxed. And that's probably the point of the renovation you've just gone through. That's absolutely the point of the res- renovation. We called it our Building a Better Way Home project because the idea was that, you know, Home is where you want the pets to eventually end up, right? And home, no no place is better than that. That's exactly right. But we wanted to be able to know that the time that they are with us is as comfortable as possible. And that's what we were hoping to create. Well, I saw it firsthand. That that job is working. We're talking with Maya Brousseau, who's a public relations manager for uh, Denver Friend, Dumb Friends League. See, I'm old school. It's been Denver for a long time, but now it's Dumb Friends League. So... All of this stuff we're talking about requires a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. Can you talk about the expenses, the costs of doing what you guys do at the Dumb Friends League? Sure. You know, like I mentioned, we care for more than 21,000 homeless pets and horses each year. We spend about $28,000 a day in animal care. Really? In pet care. Is that all the shelters combined or just one of them? That's all combined. That's Um, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. About $8,700 a day are is specifically towards medical care, towards veterinary services of those pets. So this is just what our caring of shelter pets. This doesn't include uh, any of the services we're providing at other locations. Sure. So it, it is definitely not um you're not going to get rich quick in <laughs> in the animal shelter world and you know our adoption fees 
barely scratch the surface of the type of the amount of money that is put into most pets before they're adopted. Um, so, you know, we really just hope people believe in what we're doing and support us. And you can go online to ddfl.org and make a donation. You can become a sus- sustaining donor and become a member right. of our Compassion Club. You, there's a, many different options of how you want to do that. You can leave us, you know, if, if you want to, in your estate planning, you can leave us as as somebody who will And get, people do, a lot of people do, do that. Yes, they do. And sometimes some of our uh, we get very large donations from that as well. So, you know, there's many different ways you can give back to the league. And if you can't donate, if that's not something that you're able to do right now, you can become a volunteer. You can become a foster parent or you can attend one of our events. There's so many different ways that you can help homeless pets. Well, let's uh, let's talk about those events, because I've been to many. My favorite's Lulu's Barbecue, which is probably the best event in the city <laughs> uh, you bring in top talent we had what earth winded fire last year up on stage and i was like whoa this is great but the best part is the auction and it's the same guys that do it every year and they're really good auctioneers and you talk about the cost of the animals and they'll get up and say hey it's uh fifty thousand dollars to feed the horses here the hay we need we need the money, and people just step up. It's pretty amazing. It's really incredible, you know. And it really, if all of our events can all impact pets in so many different ways, regardless of you know where you are financially or what kind of events you like to attend, we have something for everybody. You know, we have events that happen about once a quarter. We do what we call yappy hours. They're small little events where they're at a local brewery and you can bring your dog and they donate a portion of the sales back to the Dumb Friends League. We sell very cute little glasses there. That's kind of a, a small, low, sure. you know, where you can just get involved because you have some free time on a Saturday. Right. We also have our Furry Scurry, which we're super excited about this year because we have some really fun changes. Furry Scurry is a dog walk, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, this this year. It's on Saturday, May second, at Wash Park, and we. What it is is you register, you walk, but then there's also a really fun dog friendly festival that happens afterwards. There and is. this year at Furry Scurry, we're very excited to announce we have our first ever beer garden. Really, very excited about this. Wow. So included in your registration fee is access to the beer garden, which is very very cool, very fun. Um, you know, anytime you do any kind of a walk or a race in Colorado. People love their craft beer, so oh, we, they do. We uh, we're really excited about that. We're going to have a pancake and pup cake breakfast <laughs> available <Pup cake>. as well. <laughs> I mean, we know our dogs like pan or they, like pup cakes, right? Sure, they do. <laughs> and then, of course, you know all of the sa- a lot of the fun things that if you've been to Furry Scurry in the past that you've come to love at the event, all of that will still be there as well. Right. So and it's um, huge. I it mean, is. there's a lot of people with dogs, and the dogs meet new buddies. That's, That's right. <laughs> you know, you know, we get about ten thousand people and five thousand dogs at Washington Park on that Saturday morning. And that sounds like it might be a little chaotic, but you would be surprised that I have seen, it's amazing, the the behavior of the people and the dogs when you're in in that situation. I think because, you know, May is usually a beautiful time here in Colorado. So it's going to be a gorgeous Saturday, fingers crossed. And, you know, you're out getting some exercise with your dog and meeting other animal lovers it's it's really a, a fun event and knowing that by participating you're giving back to helping homeless pets right and, and it's not expensive but right. when you get ten thousand people that's right then that's all of a sudden a large amount of money helping the dumb friends league that's right right now so we're this year where our registration fees are going to be increasing as we get closer to the event so if you register right now at furryscurry.org it's 45 dollars to register okay you get the walk access to the festival 
the beer garden, and also a cool event t-shirt. Well, and I've noticed, because we've done it a couple of times, is that people that have certain breeds of dogs yes. find each other. They and do. they're all standing around, and here's 10 dogs that all look like their sisters and brothers. Yep. And you've made new friends. Yeah, you know, it's really fun. So one of the ways you can participate in Furry Scurry is to have a team. And so we get these teams of, like, I know the uh, Bernie's Mountain Dog uh, people, they have a huge team, and you see all of these gorgeous Bernie's Mountain Dogs walking together. You have, uh, I know a lot of times our, our friends at the Denver International Airport bring their cat's dogs, their oh. airport assistance dogs. Yeah. And... Th- or airport therapy dogs, and those guys are always a huge hit. And there's just, there's so much to see. It's really fun. If you love pets and you want to help pets, it's really a fun way to give back. And that's only one event. That's one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys do a ton of them. It seems like I'm always getting something in my email. Hey, come on up. Don't forget this. And you you do the cat thing in July, and you got all kinds of stuff going on. Catwalk is one of my favorites. I love Catwalk. It's in July, and it's a beer-tasting cat appreciation event. Yeah. Cats are so different the dogs. (laughs) I don't know if they like beer or not, but it's a good time. They like to hang out with their people while they drink beer. (laughs) They like to hang out with their people. And maybe we we talked about the adoption process. Talk about the expense of that or the cost of adopting a pet through the Dumb Friends League. You know, our adoption fees, like I said, they're really nominal compared to the amount of of money that goes into getting pets ready for adoption. And our fees range from around $50 uh, to, I think it's about $275 for like a young puppy. And the the, the fees are based on age. So um, an adult dog that is over, uh, I believe the age of five is $50. And then we also have our small animals. I can't forget those guys. Their right. adoption fees are a little lower. You know, our, our rats and and mice and, and you do have guinea those pigs yeah. and all of those guys too, which can make wonderful pets as well. They do, they do. So, you know, the, our adoption fees are actually very, very, they're, they're not expensive. And it is a, a great barrier. You know, there's not a huge barrier for people to be able to adopt. We also always we always have specials going on for veterans and seniors. Right. So we encourage you to go online to ddfl.org and it will tell you what what our adoption specials are for that. And also sometimes we offer, we'll say, hey, we're offering 50% off dogs or we're offering, you know, $10 off this or that. So just always check out the website if you're thinking about adopting. That's usually the best way to do it. Go online, get an idea of who you're looking for, who we have, and then come on in and meet them. And um, we will walk you through the whole process and pair you up yeah. with the perfect pet. And if you go to the website and start looking at those dogs, you'll take them all home. The <laughs> pictures are in their eyes are looking up at you going, how can you turn that down? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, now I forgot what else I was going to ask you. I was thinking of an, another direction. Oh, pedigrees. If you have a, a desire for a pedigree, can't you call and say, hey, if you ever get in, whatever kind of dog, you work with people on that. So we, and we do, you know, you never know. Right. Who's going to come through right. a shelter door? And, you know, we get purebred animals. Um, we get American shelter dog breed, as we yeah. like to say, for our, our mixed breeds. <laughs> you know, and so what What typically happens, how this typically works is um, we will have somebody who comes in and says, you know, I'm looking for a very, you know, maybe I want a very specific type of dog. I have children. I have a cat, this or that. And so you're trying to help them find the right dog. So maybe at that specific time, we don't have that right dog. So our adoptions team will work with you to help you get connected with the right dog and, and, you know, say, hey, I think I found one that I think will be perfect for your family. Why don't you come on in and meet? So, you know, we will work with people because we really want it to be the right fit for people. Like I said, our, our mission is to end pet homelessness and animal suffering. And one way we can do that is by making sure we're making really good 
connections when people come in to adopt a pet. Oftentimes, I actually just spoke to a couple yesterday who came in and they said we were they were adopting a, a dog, a great little uh, Australian Shepherd mix. Ooh, good dog. And um, they said, you know, we came in looking at a completely different dog and i talked we talked to your adoptions counselor and she she steered us in a different direction she's like and this dog is going to be perfect so that's what they do they're so good at it so please be open when you go in because sometimes the dog you see may not be the right dog for you and uh they'll help you find the right pet Uh, the counselors are big help they're huge yeah And it's always advisable to bring in the whole family, including the kids. That's right. And if you have other dogs, can't you bring in your other dog to kind of sit down with one you're thinking? Are they going to get along? Are they Mm going to love each other? Yeah, absolutely. We recommend that because, you know... Dogs, much like people, will like certain dogs, but right. they won't like other dogs. Right. So it's a really good idea. And our and our, our team is very is is able to, you know, tell if it's kind of a if it's a good match really quickly. They they know behaviors that are positive with dogs and how they greet each other and interact with each other. So it's a really great idea. If you're planning to adopt a dog, you have a resident dog, you should go ahead and bring your resident dogs with you because it's a it's a very good idea. With cats Please don't bring your dogs to meet the cats. And please don't bring your cats to meet the dogs. You can leave those guys at home. (laughs) But we do also have great behavior resources to help you learn how to introduce your pets to each other. So if you have a resident cat, you're bringing a new cat home, how to introduce them to each other. If you're bringing a dog home to a resident cat, how to introduce them to each other. And all of that is on DDFL.org. And the adoption counselors will always provide you with that information, too. God, you guys offer so much. (laughs) I I mean, there's so much going on out there. People have no idea. And as you said, the website, let's get it out there. The website is probably the most important thing to start with. Absolutely. You can visit ddfl.org to learn about anything I've talked about today, like I said, and you said, and more. And and more. <laughs> I mean, you go to that website, you're hooked. It's like reading a book. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that people don't realize. The good folks like yourself, Maya, over the Dumb Friends League are doing for pets of all kinds. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful resource, too. If you're ever just wondering about something pet-related, go to ddfl.org, punch it in, and we are going to be able to help you out. Good way to end it, Maya. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you out in May in the Wash Park. For That's the right. Big event. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah, it's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston, and we will talk to you again next weekend.